next on BYU Sports Nation, the best of the past year. What was your biggest BYU story in 2017? Greg Rebell makes his weekly appearance in Studio B. Who is his BYU Hoops MVP so far? And assistant head basketball coach Tim Lacombe stops by to preview the conference season and lets us know about the team's new addition. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, live from Studio B, your hosts, Jason Shepard and Brian Logan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Cougar fans, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I will be there today. Got to go do a little uh, post-Christmas shopping, if you know what I mean. Wednesday, December 27th, wherever and however you're dialed in. Great to have you with us. My name is Jason Shepard, teamed up with a man who has exchanged every single gift he has ever received, Brian Logan. Yeah, yeah, especially this year when I got absolutely zero gifts. <laughs> look, here, it was look, so here, easy. Look, it here's was the deal. <laughs> as a parent, yeah. as the dad parent, it's just the way it is when you get older. Yeah, you know, I I, I knew that, like, kind of anticipating that, especially growing <laughs> up. It's like you never, even like Father's Day, yeah. right? Like, I never got my dad a Father's Day present. You know, that's that's bad, but it's just the world we live in, right? Mm-hmm. Dads are not that important to us as kids growing up until you know we get into our adult age and I have you know women problems and kid problems as somebody I can talk to so you know it's a little bit different but yeah you know I I just don't take it to heart man like I just know that one day I will be getting all the gifts that's right one day I like I like where you're going with that It, it was I went to the mall I don't know why I went to the mall yesterday but I had some exchanging to do actually ended up running into Tom Homo Tom Homo was doing the exact same thing Everybody, it's what December 26th is all about. You guys are brave, man. I don't even want to, like, be out on the streets. Like, it's, I, I don't want no part of it. Actually, Provo's fine, though, just because everybody, all the kids are gone. Yeah. Right? Yeah, Going this home. was up in Salt Lake. This was, uh, it was funny because you just don't expect to see Tom Homer walking around the mall. <laughs> Said hi. It was nice. He's even braver. I mean, it was, it was imagine nice. all the fans coming up to you. And here's the deal. When you exchange the gift, then you actually get something that you want. That's the whole point. That is true. Yes, it is. That's why cash and gift cards, best gift That's you can possibly be give. be selfish. I, I don't like this gift. It's, this was, I want to get what I want. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm messing with you. Enough of us looking like horrible people. Let's bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU men's basketball head coach Dave Rose announces the transfer of Kajon Brown and the addition of Colby Lee. Lee is a 6'9 forward who was named the 2017 Idaho Player of the Year. Lee is enrolled in school and is eligible to play immediately. Interesting, man. Trent, these, these kids transferring. Yeah, and, and Kajon Brown mentioned um, you know personal and family um, issues and, and as his reason for, for transferring, so we wish nothing uh, but the best for KB as he moves on to uh, to whatever school he's going to. Yeah, definitely. You got to do what's best for you. Yep. Uh, more in, in men's hoops. They wrap up non-conference schedule, um, and they finish at 11-2. and two. So, you know, kudos to men's really basketball for an amazing schedule. non-conference uh, schedule and play. Uh, they begin West Coast Conference play to, uh, tomorrow when they play uh, Portland, at the Marriott Center, watch that game live on BYU TV or listen on BYU Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern. It's crazy to think that we're already at uh, conference time, but BYU, as you mentioned, 11 and two, a it's fantastic. Here. It's a new season. Conference season. It's a new season. Now right it's now, all about 
the West Coast Conference, and uh, who knows? Who knows what can happen when you begin conference play? Ziggy Ansah had three sacks for Detroit on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. He now has nine sacks on the season Baller. and 41 for his career. And by the way, that is the most by any Lions player in his first five seasons. Hey, man, you know, you go to BYU, you get educated, mm-hmm. you get trained. And you go, you go to a bowl game. You go to a bowl yeah. game. Except for this year. Except for this year. Except for this year. And then you dominate at the next level. Hey, and hey, and I don't know if you heard this story. He didn't know how to put on his football pads when he got here. Nope. He didn't even know where to run. I remember. St- I still remember to this day him running down um, during practice on the kickoff and, and just beating everybody. Like, tell that dude to slow down. He's making us all look bad. <laughs> Shout out to, to Ziggy for all his hard work. BYU Volleyball has two players named to, to preseason award watch list. Setter Leo... Uh, Durkin makes the Loy Ball Award watch list, which is given to the nation's top setter. And Brendan Sander makes the Karch Karai Award watch list, which is given to the nation's best outside hitter. Yeah, congratulations so, to both of those. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. You take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have 2017 for BYU Sports. That was so beautiful. Did I just quote the theme song to the facts of life? Very possibly, but let's move on. (laughs) With 2018 only a few days away, it's that time of year when we get reflective on the year that was in sports at BYU. Certainly a lot of newsworthy performances, teams playing on the biggest stages, and unfortunately teams not living up to their own expectations. Or the fans. Or the fans' expectations, but mostly to their own. As an athlete, you know what that's like, not living up to your own expectations. Regardless of what fans or media have, not living up to your own expectations is by far worse. Yes. Oh, yeah, way worse. It's, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you just—I mean—that that's something that you go in with certain expectations of yourself a, and what's possible, a, and when a, you don't reach it, it's tough. It's a different worse because you know that you—you ha- know—you're in control of your expectations, so it's like, okay, I'm just going to work harder. But when you let the fans down, you kind of go into depression. Like nobody likes me, and then all your insecurities start bubbling up. Over the past 12 months, we've seen this. Just a couple of things to throw out there: men's volleyball plays in its second straight NCAA title game. Sweet 16 for women's volleyball. Basketball, beating number one Gonzaga. They win in Spokane again, three in a row. BYU basketball losing in the NIT. That's followed by Eric Mika leaving. BYU hoops strong start to the year we were talking about a minute ago, 11-2 start. BYU football struggling at four and nine offensive coaching changes. Those are just a few of the biggest BYU stories, which brings us to today's Twitter question. What was the biggest BYU sports story of 2017? First tweet in. At our green hot. I wanted to say men's soccer selling their franchise or women's volleyball sweet 16 again or cross country success. But it absolutely is the football team. One of the worst teams in 50 years that has dominated the talk. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly it's the most high profile sport. And when that team is not playing well, everybody takes notice. Yeah. So. If if I ask you that question, what's the biggest BYU sports story of 2017? Where are you going? Ball is life, man. You know, you know, you know where I'm going. I'm with our. I'm with our green. I actually got that tattooed on my wrist. No, I don't. Just playing. <laughs> um, I'm with our green. Hot man. Like, 
I, football was the is, was the biggest. I mean, it's always like you said, it's it's always highlighted. And I was talking to a couple of of fans the other day about you know how this is like this is like Alabama to guys like me. You know, BYU and just the atmosphere. And there's there's no professional teams here. You have Utah, which is you know they can't compete with us, and and just the fans and and just the community. Um, and so we have a lot of eyes, and and we have a lot of pub and just fame. A lot of people put us on a pedestal, and so. Um, you know, when you look at BYU, all eyes on BYU, if, if they don't have the success and the tradition that, that they had, I mean, it's like everybody's running around crazy, like what's going on? So to, to me, it's definitely football. And I would say more specifically, um, the, the, the football coaching changes. I mean, we, we talked about this when, when the news broke with, with Ty Detmer. And it's like, how in the world do we have Ty Detmer fired? How is he let go? You know, how is he relieved of his duties when this is – Everything. I mean, you had Jeremy always says this, right? You have Jimmer and then you have Ty Demmer, right? And so to me, that's that's probably one of the biggest or the biggest. Um, and then Jeff Grimes, right? You know, so so just BYU coaching, uh, coaching changes, changes in, in, in general. And then let me move to basketball, man. This basketball, I I I you, I normally don't watch basketball. I don't really care for it. It's not like I don't like it, but this year, man, it's it. It gave me hope. It's drawing you in. Joy and excitement. I, I swear to you, man, during the the the, the blue and, and white scrimmage afterwards, I forgot that, that BYU football had lost six or seven games. I woke up the next morning, and I was like, I was feeling so refreshed. It's so, oh, like, I felt like a little kid on Christmas, man. And then I started seeing, you know, some some tweets, and I was like, oh, yeah, we we lost seven games. I forgot about that. So I mean basketball. You look at the end of the year last year and just momentum, just kind of, kind of just tanking. You know what I mean? And, and going to the NIT and just not really hitting, meeting those expectations. Versus this year, being able to turn it around. And um, I mean, it's a whole different team. You know what I mean? Uh, In just, many uh, different ways, personnel wise, right? And style, everything else. It, it really is a different team. It's, it's a different team. I, I would say the biggest thing that sticks out to me with this team is just the the desire, the effort. Um, just like the 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 will to right, just like, oh, like like I'm gonna go get it. I'm hungry, you know, and and that's something that I feel was lacking last year. And I, I honestly haven't seen that I think since Jimmer and his teams as well. And now it's a little bit different because I was paying more attention, you know, back then when I was because playing. Ball but still, is life, as because, you say. Because well, and I was a student too back then, you know. So student athlete, yeah, I was very student, important. I was I was like I can't do my homework. I gotta go to the basketball game. Sorry. Uh, it's called team spirit, okay? <laughs> right. Exactly. All right. All right. What about so you? What about you, man? Yeah, for me, uh, I'm going to start off with football. I- I'm going to go specifically uh, the the offensive struggles from the year. I-, I think that's one of the biggest, if not the biggest, story. And-, and a lot of that is simply because, not just because it was 17 points per game and, and we saw the-, the offensive struggles, but the fact that it was totally unexpected. Yeah. Nobody saw this coming. Nobody saw 4-9 season. Nobody saw... The, the offense struggling as mightily as it did. And there are certainly reasons why. There are, there are factors that played into why the offense struggled the way it did. So, I think, I think another reason, too, I mean, going back to just the overall record, right, of, of BYU um, versus, you know, the just the tradition, right? That's the same thing. It's like, okay, when I, when I go to BYU, I'm, I'm, I'm a tight end. If I'm a tight end or if I'm an offensive player, I'm thinking tight ends. I'm thinking, you know, linemen here and there. But I'm thinking quarterbacks as well. Right. And so I'm thinking this high-powered offense – 
you know, traditionally with BYU. When I got recruited, that's what everybody back home, that not, not even LDS, they knew BYU for, you know, quarterback factory and the offense. Yeah, that's what, that's what BYU has been known for for decades. And so, you know, you had at the quarterback position just one of many positions that dealt with significant injuries. You had injuries at the quarterback position, the running back position, tight end position. That all played a huge role in why the offense has struggled. BYU played five quarterbacks. Now, three started, including true freshman Joe Critchlow. So, for me, the offensive struggles was a huge storyline, maybe the biggest of the season. The other one for me uh, is BYU baseball making a regional. Um, this was the first regional for BYU baseball since 2002. Wow. And what makes the story even better, not just that they played in a regional and, and were able to make history, but the fact that in the WCC tournament, they lost the first game. They were immediately put on elimination. Right. They won four straight elimination games through the through that weekend. It was unbelievable. You know what? Some some teams respond to that, man. Like win or go home. You know, there is there is no second chance for us. And so everybody, you know, they rally around each other. Everybody, you know, you really don't want to be that guy, especially when you have good accountability you know, amongst each other, not just from the coaching staff. Uh, I don't want to be that guy to <laughs> strike out or, you know, give up a home run or wherever the case is. So, you know, teams like that, man, like, you, I would almost want to lose on purpose just yeah. so I can have my back against the wall. Yeah. Let's keep it rolling on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Join BYU Sports Nation to the tweets. You got tweets. Twitter question again. What was the biggest BYU sports story of 2017 at YFangirl underscore JB? Cosmo's mad dance skills was definitely oh. the biggest story in 2017. Sad but true. I want to change mine. I want to change it. I want to change mine. <laughs> I back. actually forgot about that. I That's pretty it. good. How do we rewind? Rewind. Rewind. Yeah, that is not bad at all. At Jelly Belly Kelly, Kyle Collinsworth playing with the Mavericks. The NBA is a tough party to get into, but I believe in Big Russia 5. That's also a good one. Coming up, BYU Basketball makes a roster addition as they enter conference play. Assistant head coach Tim Lacone joins us coming up. And the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell in studio, and he has a stat that may just explain that BYU basketball is better defensively. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Welcome back. This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. You know where to go. At BYU Sports Nation. Don't forget, use the hashtag BYUSN. Men's Hoops begins WCC play tomorrow at the Merritt Center against the Portland Pilots. Catch the game live on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern. I will have pregame on BYU Radio at 8 p.m. Eastern nice. time. I'll tune in there. Thank you very much. Our Twitter question today, what was the biggest BYU sports story of 2017? At Rich Lundgren. Uh, a football team picked to win 9 to 10 games by the likes of Phil Still underperforms in a big way. Ooh. That's kind of been the theme for the most part, people picking uh, the, the struggles the, of the football team. He had to throw the Phil Still in there. He, well, you know, he's got to throw as many details in there to, to prove your point, I guess. Yeah, that one hurt extra because of that. Yeah. <laughs> because of the added detail. I, I thought I was over it. I was like 99.8%. You over. know who loves himself some Phil Steel? Our next guest, Greg Grubel, the voice of the Cougars. You love getting the Phil Steele magazine. Or as they call them when you're in Utah, Phil Still. Phil Still, yes, exactly. <laughs> How was Christmas, Greg? Oh, festive and joyous. <laughs> now, here's what, honestly, I, I'm very curious about this. For someone that has so much, you could even say has everything. <laughs> 
What does Greg Rubel ask for for Christmas? If you have your health, <laughs> you have everything. It's a great point. That is, that if you is, got your health and your family, what do you really need? From a materialistic need? standpoint. Oh. And it t- as it turns out for me, what I needed was apparently some body spray and a sweater. So, uh, <laughs> that's we, what I got. We talked about this, we talked about this earlier. How dads, dads just don't get gifts. Yeah, it's, no, just, it's just part we of the give. deal. We're givers at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially when you hit my age level. You know, it's it's less about what you get and more about what you give. I, yeah, yeah. You, you know, it's I guess it started earlier with me in my life because I'm 29 and got nothing. So, uh, well, the rock band Tesla, and I often quote the rock band Tesla in daily life. It's not what you get; <laughs> it's what you give. I like I like where yeah, you're going with you this. Go. I gave right. a lot. So. Let's focus on uh, 2017 for just a second. Our Twitter question today is: What was the biggest BYU sports story of 2017? How would you answer that? Well, not every story can be a happy story, yes. right? Uh, so I guess we'd have to say just the way the, the football season went in 2017. It, uh, it started off uh, uh, kind of bad and got worse before it got better. And it did finish with, you know, a couple of positive notes, I think, to look forward to uh, uh, for the spring and summer to come. But, yeah, I think overall uh, the way the football season went is kind of a downbeat uh, top story of 2017. Of course, we look for better days ahead and improvements and uh, and big changes. And really, uh, it, it is, you know, there, there, there's a, a Twitter account uh, uh, called Sports Source Analytics. That's Sports Source Analytics. And they provide a lot of uh, helpful uh, kind of deep dive metrics on a week-to-week basis on, on college football and other sports. And, and they, they, they put out a tweet a couple of weeks ago that really resonated with me. They said, we're constantly amazed by how much a team can improve from one season to the next with a different scheme and a different approach. Uh, and, and you can take a, a struggling team one season and turn them into a really, really good team just one season later with a different look, especially schematically on offense. And Fresno so State. That would be the hope. You know, and there are many examples, yes. that, that them being one, where you can really end uh, you know, uh, Florida Atlantic right. and, and, and Central Florida and on and on you go, where it doesn't take a long time. It doesn't need to be a five-year process. It can really be a one-year deal to go from – from down to up, and that's what we hope happens for BYU. It'd be interesting to see if there was a change really fast from year to year with the same you know scheme, same coach, um, and, and just having metrics you know there. Because to, to me, based off of what you're saying, I would say, okay, let me give this this new scheme you know two years. It's not working. Maybe I have the wrong scheme. Maybe I should adjust, right? And and the, their point that the sports source analytics folks was it's it's more or less the same. A lot of the same personnel right. can look really different from one year to the next. And Fresno is a good example there. Uh, Gary Croton right. uh, took 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 a middling two thousand team or you know program, and in two thousand one turned them into a juggernaut for eleven or twelve games. Really, the scheme was uh, the difference maker in that one. Well, look at look at Bronco two thousand ten when he took over the defense, right? I mean, we were like worst. In everything, yeah. the first four or five games, and then finish. and that wasn't season to season. That was like week to week. Right, right. I mean, really, yeah. that San Diego State game came, and it was a different look and feel. And so, it did, again, you can see sudden turnarounds in college football all the time, and that's what we hope we see for BYU in 2018. Well, uh, let's talk a little BYU basketball. Non-conference yeah. is done. Eleven and two record, very impressive. For the Cougar Hoopsters, what you learn about this BYU team in non-conference? Well, how good they can be uh, with a different schematic approach. Right. Uh, we all knew that BYU could excel in transition, excel in the higher tempo games. When they really grind it back, how would they do? And the answer was very well. Uh, as we've talked about uh, on this program, you know, the tempo and possession length numbers are drastically different from the preceding seasons of the Dave Rose era. Yet, they are excelling with the change. If, if the season were to end today... BYU's two-point field goal percentage would be the best 
of the Dave Rosera in any season. That speaks a lot to half-court execution. The effective field goal percentage number is very high, uh, one of the top three or four in, in the Dave Rosera if the season were to end today. And so what we're seeing is BYU's taken uh, a slowdown approach and done well with it. And uh, that's one of the things we learned in conference play. We, could also, we, all, we also learned about toughness. Uh, they went into true away venues three times in the non-conference. Not a lot of teams do that. Uh, and, and not a lot of in-state teams will play the other in-state teams on their floor, right? Well, BYU did that in, in, in back-to-back games in the same week and won both games. BYU challenged itself by traveling to the East Coast twice, traveling two time zones away twice in non-conference, and not a lot of teams do that. And BYU excelled in that setting as well. And I think more than anything else, we just learned about how important uh, chemistry and feel and togetherness are to a team. And I think in all those categories, they excel right now. And so I thought it was a very, very productive non-conference campaign. We look back at, at the two losses, and Dave Rose, man, he'd love to have those back. And I think if you, if you look at the UT Arlington game especially, where it was placed, you know, it was, it's a tough spot for BYU. UT Arlington played one game, had a week off, and then played at BYU. BYU went to Princeton the week off for UT Arlington, played, beat Princeton, came back and had to play Arlington on the weekend. It was a grueling week for BYU that way. So where the game was stuck in the schedule and how Arlington approached that game with their time off, they had a great advantage, I thought, uh, looking back at it. And I think if you stick that game maybe somewhere else, BYU might have performed it differently because that came in a really tough spot for BYU. Defense is also something that's been brought up a lot. And you actually have a, a stat that matters that may help illustrate some of that. And uh, one of the things, one of the main things Dave Rose and staff talked about in the preseason was was working on the opposing uh, three-point percentages and attempts and rate, all the things that, that kind of hurt BYU last year. Last season, BYU allowed double-digit threes 13 times in, in 34 games. So, so more than a third of the games had opponents kind of really going off from the arc. 13 times in 34 games, that's a percentage in the high 30s. Well, so far this season, through 13 games, opponents have hit two, uh, 10 threes just, uh, just twice this year. And, uh, and, and so, the, the, again, it wasn't so much the percentage they were shooting, but it was how many they were taking and making. And the number got pretty big on numerous occasions last year. And so from, from the high 30% in terms of number of games in which the opponents hit double-digit threes to down at around 15%, uh, as you see, that's a big difference. Overall, the number of attempts per game is down about five per game. The number of three-point makes per game is down about 1.6 per game. And so BYU's doing a lot of the things it hoped to do on the perimeter. And Portland's a great example of where this might show up. So the 40% number. Uh, BYU's allowed 40% or better from three one time in 13 games. Portland has hit 40% or better from three 10 times in 13 games. So this is what the pilots rely upon. They're very three-point dependent. And so, again, a good measure of how well BYU's playing comes in the Portland game tomorrow night. That's what they do, and BYU this season is doing that much better. That is taking threes away from the opposition. Nice. Uh, Greg, with with – just the, the, the personnel that's on the court right now, um, guys stepping up, um, definitely elevating their game from last year. Who would you say is the MVP through the first 13 games? Well, you know, I really do believe that the MVP right now is the team itself. The fact that they've, got, they've expanded to a nice solid eight-man rotation, probably nine when Dalton Nixon gets back. But really the eighth, that, 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 that number eight guy, has been Peyton Dastrup. His numbers remain 
remarkably high right now in the, in the time that he's seeing on the floor. And you don't necessarily need to play him 20 or 30. In the 10 to 15 he's playing, he's doing everything you'd like him to do. Right. And he's really gotten better over the last few weeks. And so I think that's a really positive thing. So you have a solid rotation that you can trust going into league play. That's an important thing. I think the MVP truly is the team and its current chemistry. But if we had to single out an MVP, I'd cop out and go co-MVPs and pick uh, Yoli and Eli right now. Uh, Yoli Childs and Elijah Bryant are, between the two of them, 1-2 in scoring, 1-2 in rebounding, 1-2 in steals, 1-2 in blocks, 1-2 or 2-1 depending on the guy. And so those, those two guys really dominate you know, a lot of the big stats right now. And so if we had to single out players, I'd go with those two as co's. But you know, TJ is the third guy in your big three, and he's right there. Uh, you look at how many different guys have led BYU in score. I think five different guys have led BYU in scoring in, in, in different games this season. And so, again, just to focus on a couple of guys, yeah, you got to go there because of how well they're dominating the stat sheet. But it's more about it's more, it's more, it's more, it's about more than just those two guys right now. And I just feel super confident about, uh, uh, again, the top eight, nine, ten guys going into the league. Yeah, and that's what's so fun about this team is just you have so many different guys. You mentioned Eli and Yoli, but you also said TJ and, you know, Zach has stepped up and Peyton has done a really nice – BYU's yet to lose a game since McKay Cannon joined the and, roster. Yeah, McKay so, Cannon. So, so there's that. He's undefeated. There's so, so many different guys that – if somebody is having an off night, somebody else can step up, and BYU has been able to get that consistently throughout this entire season. So there was far. a stretch a week or so ago where BYU won uh, three straight games, part of this current to eight game run, and it was three different leading scorers all at twenty points uh, in, in those games. When you've got that kind of balance at the top of your rotation, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, it, it's that that does something for me as a player, just getting goosebumps and and knowing that I could look on the court or on the field and say that any one of us you know, can dominate or take over um, and really take it upon themselves. We can lean on anybody. And, that, and I think that really shows to, you know, uh, your point as far as that the team really is the MVP. And I think that's just, again, I said this earlier in the show, the biggest thing and biggest difference that I've seen. And when you have teams like that, it doesn't it, – you can have lesser talent, but at the end of the day, everybody's talent, you know, naturally elevates. I would much rather have that, a couple of, of guys that aren't, you know, highly recruited – versus guys that are, you know, first-round draft picks, uh, maybe three, four, or five guys all on one team that can't play together. That's, that's, the, that's the bottom line. Team, sports is all about team and unity, and these guys have it. That's what I'm excited for. And, and as Coach Lacombe will tell you coming up, I'm sure, uh, you know, one of the primary objectives with this team has been and will be just that togetherness, yep. uh, playing together, playing uh, its style of basketball in a way that really is uh, without ego, without agenda. Right. A lot of people right now, you know, taking this week as a little bit of a vacation, a little holiday because of the Christmas season. We certainly are not. No, not when WCC no. plays of about course, to get underway. Of course yeah. not. Also, not taking a Christmas holiday is a cool thing about Canada. What did you bring for us today, Greg? <laughs> well, I, I, will, I will acknowledge uh, that my homeland is not known as... Uh, as beach territory. Uh, people don't talk about <laughs> spending a lot of time on Canada's warm and, and luxurious beaches. But we will note that uh, Canada has more coastline than any country in the world, and it's not close as to who's second. 125,000-plus miles of coastline in Canada. Indonesia's number two, and, and Canada's got four times uh, the miles of coastline than, than Indonesia. And again, Indonesia may or may not be known as a great beach country. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> are we looking at... Uh... There, there's an example of some actual habitable beach territory. That's gorgeous. I was going to say, I'm pretty most, sure that's Santa yeah, Monica. Yeah, most... <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, we, we, well, we messed the pictures up. We got the California coastline, not the Canada coastline. We started with the CA and got mixed up. No, that's Canada coastline. And although most of the coastline in Canada is uh, generally icebergs, uh, that, that, that is a fact. More coastline in Canada than any other country in the world. Again, we're here to inform, educate, and entertain. And entertain. It's our, th uh, our threefold objective. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Greg, as always, appreciate the time. Always a pleasure. We'll do it again, uh, say, next Wednesday. I think that's a great idea. Okay. All right. All right. Our Twitter question today. What was the biggest BYU sports story of 2017 at BYU underscore Bob? He agrees with me. He says BYU baseball in the NCAA tournament. That was big. That, 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 that was big. That was yeah, a fun Coach Littlewood, that, that was huge. Yeah. Coming up, more of your top stories from 2017, plus a couple more of ours. And next, men's basketball assistant head coach Tim Lacombe is in studio. Look, he's right there. He's going to join us. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back, sports friends. Jason Shepard, Brian Logan in Radio Vision, live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. That's right. If you miss an episode... If you want to go back and watch an interview, download the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you download your podcast content. We will be there. We're always there for you. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU men's basketball head coach Dave Rose announces the transfer of Kajon Brown and the addition of Colby Lee. Lee is a 6'9 forward who was named the 2017 Idaho Player of the Year. Lee is enrolled in school and is eligible to play immediately. We will talk with Tim Lacombe about Colby Lee coming up in just a second. Men's Hoops finished its non-conference schedule at 11-2. The Cougars begin WCC play tomorrow when they host Portland at the Marriott Center. Watch that game live on BYU TV or listen on BYU Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern and also tune into the pregame mm -hmm. show huh? to listen to my man Jason Shepard. That's right, 8 p.m. Eastern time. I'll be uh, on the radio uh, for, uh, for a little pregame. Yes, sir. Ziggy Ansah had three sacks for Detroit on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. He now has nine sacks this season and 41 for his career. That's the most by any Lions player in his first five seasons. BYU Volleyball has two players named to preseason award watch list. Setter Leo, Leo uh, Durkin makes the Loy Bowl award watch list, which is given to the nation's top setter. And Brendan Sander makes the Karch uh, Kyrie Award watch list, which is given to the nation's best outside hitter. Congratulations, Congratulations to both to both of them. As we mentioned, Tim Lacombe, BYU basketball assistant head coach, joining us here in Studio B. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. How was your Christmas? How how was Christmas with the Lacombe family? It was uh, it was good. It was quick. Um, you know, we got all of we played Saturday, so we got Sunday, which uh, you know brings inherent challenges. I <laughs> I actually had to do my last minute shopping on. Friday because I usually go on Christmas Eve right. and that's what guys that didn't do. work that's what we do yeah. um but yeah it was you know quick Sunday and then obviously great day together Monday and then we got back together and you know started meeting and practice yesterday so did you get any new uh Boston gear I, I know did. you're a big Red Sox fan Celtics fan what did you get I got a uh I got a, a new Boston hat so it goes to you know my collection of about 20 of them uh, <laughs> uh, but it's a different one and I really like it my beautiful wife found it for me and I appreciate it nice, nice. at least you got a gift yeah. Did you get anything? Brian's still bitter that he didn't get anything. You know what I got? I got that Alexa thing, too. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. I've got, you know, a wife and two daughters, and I'm typically used to being told what to do <laughs> um, by, you know, a female. And it's kind of nice. I can say, hey, Alexa. I mean, she can't, like, do any, you know, iron my clothes or anything. No, right, no, right. No. Play some Metallica, and bang, <laughs> there it is. There hey, uh, I just want to give you a little tip. Be careful with that, because... 
it records everything that you do and say. Really? Yes. So, <laughs> not so watch I'm not saying say. I'm not saying this will happen like the FBI and stuff like that, but they can, you know, use okay. that against you. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but also, you know, your family can go back and listen. So if you're on the phone, maybe venting to a friend about, you know, maybe your wife or your family, just Okay, quiet. great. Thank you. you know, I speaking that. of speaking of gifts, man. Uh, <laughs> I do what I can do when I can do it. Thinking man. about me. Right. And I'm asking for a friend, yeah. Tim, by the way. Uh, did Santa by chance leave a BYU warm-up shirt with you for me? Mm. Um, I'll small. have to go back and look. I didn't see it would have been large. any <laughs> remnants under the tree. It would have been large. It would have been, been a small. Have. Don't lie, Jason. It would have been a small. There no, were, it wouldn't have been a small. There were a couple <laughs> lumps of coal. <laughs> I think those probably. were for Spencer and Jerem. Great point. Great point. All right, let's move on. It was announced yesterday that Colby Lee has been added to the roster. He is enrolled in school. Uh, what can you tell us about Colby and, and what he brings to the table? Uh, Colby's a, you know, he's a big physical low post guy. Um, we recruited him really hard. Uh, he, was a, he, he attended the NBA Top 100 camp and, and did really well out there. Uh, one thing that stands out about him is just his physique. He's a big, strong kid who can really score down on the low block and also step away and make shots. Um, so we're excited to have him. We... we um, we will, um, you know, he's, he practiced with us uh, yesterday, been cleared. And uh, so he'll be, he'll start to practice with us. The, the plan right now is just to have him practice with us mm-hmm. um, and basically use this season to get himself ready and then play with us next year. How, how did the, uh, the situation come about? Kind of just give us the background story there. Um, so he, uh, he was, um, he got called on a mission and there was a little delay there. And so um, he, you know, decided that uh, he would come here uh, and go to school, you know, before going out. So he's, uh, he's here and, and excited to be here, and we're excited to have him. The other announcement uh, that came out yesterday was that Kajon Brown is transferring. And I know you guys really liked KB. I love KB. He's, uh, he's such a great young guy and, and um, you know, feel really bad that, uh, you know, for a myriad of different reasons. One of the main reasons is his grandmother's really sick. Um, and you know, he felt like, you know, with, with his role on the team and kind of what, you know, he was doing here and then kind of that pressing need to maybe go home for the last little while of his grandma's life. Um, he kind of chose to do that. And, you know, it was a deal where obviously we're really supportive of him, but we love KB. Uh, we'll always stay in touch. Uh, he's a guy that I had over many times to my house and, uh, family really grew to like, and so we wish him all the best. Yeah, yeah, wishes from from us as as well. Um, so you guys finished non conference eleven and two record. Um, what, what's your overall thoughts of of how you guys finished? Well, we kind of look at the season, you know, in five parts. Um, you got your your ex- exhibition season um, that you're building to for your preseason. You've got your preseason, and um, you know we feel like the the preseason went well for the most part. We were able to put our guys in a lot of different positions. Um, play true road games in tough places to win, uh, found ways to win, um, you know, had a couple setbacks and kind of grew through those. Um, we added McKay Cannon to the mix and, you know, got another guy who can really help us. And then we've had some guys step up off the bench and, and come in and really add some depth to our team. Um, we still, you know, as coaches, still every day we're looking for angles that we can get better. Um, and we're always working on that. But as a whole, the preseason I think went really well. I think the guys get along great on the floor, or excuse me, off the floor. But I think more importantly, they get along on the floor. Um, 
And I think you can kind of see that in the way that we play. The ball moves around. Guys play for each other. Um, and that's something that you always have to manage. And so that's something we talk about every day is being good teammates and, and being happy for each other's success and, most importantly, figuring out ways to win. It's it's interesting you say that you guys split up the season into five parts. I, I remember playing. We had, you know, uh, conference and non-conference. And I still remember Max and, and Dennis, you know, walking around the locker room when it was time to, to transition to conference. You know, it's it's a new season, you know, right. reset. How do you got – you guys can't do that five times, can you? <laughs> well, I think the the way that we talk about it is I think that every – every segment of it. So exhibition, you know, everybody's kind of ramping up for play. Um, and then you get into your preseason and you actually go out and, you know, exhibition, you play two home games, you go out on the road, you see what that's like. Um, you know, every one of those segments, everybody basically in theory starts zero and zero. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just a, you know, now that the conference season's here, I think the one thing that is always interesting about conferences you know, play out of conference and teams scout you for a couple of days and they put the file away and they don't think about you again. Conference, they obviously have all your personnel notes from a year ago. Um, they understand your tendencies. They watch a ton of film on you and you got to play them twice. And so everybody does start right now zero and zero. So it doesn't matter if you won, you know, 11 games or you won no games in conference. Now everything starts fresh um, as the conference tournament, which is the, the fourth segment and then the postseason. So everything kind of ramps up, but uh, we don't we don't put a crazy amount of emphasis on it. But we just talk about it with our guys so they understand that each transition brings hope for every team, right. mm-hmm. and you have to be ready uh, to be your best at each step. Because of all the reasons you mentioned and, and all of the things you guys were able to accomplish with the eleven and two start, how ready do you think this team is for conference play? I think I think we're in a good place. Um, I think that uh, you know we have. We revisited goals yesterday. We all kind of set goals in the fall, um, and we revisited goals. And I think for the most part, we we are on track to do most everything we want to do. Um, but it's the little things. It's the details. You know, as Brian knows about every single situation of being on a team, it's um, it's how you handle success. It's how you handle adversity. It's how um, important the little things are to you. Uh, it's about being connected as teammates. And so those are things that we talk about in some way every day. Um, and then obviously work like crazy on the court to uh, try to challenge ourselves to get better in areas that maybe we're not as good. So something that um, you know when you say when you say details, anybody, anybody, I could it could be management, it could be you know uh, friends, doesn't really matter. I just flash back Bronco, Bronco, Bronco speaking, and something that he did that was crazy was uh, champion of a locker room, um, which is having your your locker room clean and tidy and we he'd have a glass he'd have a locker with a, a mannequin dressed up and like the socks were all folded nice and neat i mean it was spick and span Bronco talk to my children it, oh man <laughs> i'm telling you yes i would pay money for that to happen. it's it, it's uh, it was amazing right and that's just how the locker room should be after every practice he had um somebody walk through if there was like a, a, a piece of paper or Starburst wrapper, whatever the case is, we had to run. So details, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we found five pieces of, of trash, like five sprints, hit the fence. What, what are some of the things that you guys do uh, to help your players pay attention to detail? Um, I, I think, like I said, I think we just um, we find different ways. Like yesterday, you know, when we got back together after Christmas, you know, Coach went through, um, you know, seven things that Bill Belichick feels like mm-hmm. make a great teammate. Um, and details to us, I mean, it can be, 
as simple a thing as, um, you know, we, we like everybody when people come out of the game to stand up and, and you know, give them five coming nice. off the bench. Nice. Um, you know, acknowledge and assist. Um, you know, somebody dives on the floor, three guys running to help them up. Um, so detail, you know, in the way that the type of teammate you are, and then detail uh, understanding scouting reports and understand, understanding our scheme. So detail can be really wide-ranging, but it's one of the words that we feel like the, the magic this year has been and hopefully will continue to be in the details. That was beautiful, Coach. That was nice. That's beautiful. That's very nice. Man. Do I see a tear? Yeah. Um, almost. I like this guy over I'm trying here. To, I'm trying to hold it back because my makeup. He's trying, he's right. Yeah, he's trying to keep the emotions I didn't get any makeup, man. This is all natural. Here. Conference no, season that. starting tomorrow. BYU hosting Portland at the Marriott Center, 9 p.m. Eastern time on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Pre-game coverage on BYU Radio starting at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Tim, great stuff as always. Thanks for coming in today. Great to be with you guys. Thank you. You bet. Tim Lacombe, BYU basketball assistant head coach. Twitter question today. What was the biggest BYU sports story of 2017? Coming at, up. at Newman, BYU says, sadly, the decline of the football program. That has been a theme. Yeah, yeah. We may Everybody hear more of that it. coming up. Coming up, just when you thought preseason and watch lists were just for football, a BYU volleyballer gets some preseason to run for an award. And more of your tweets on the BYU stories of 2017. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jason Shepard and Brian Logan live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. You can watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern. Men's Hoop begins. WCC play tomorrow at the Marriott Center against the Portland Pilots. Watch that game live on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 9 p.m. Eastern. We are just pubbing the mess out of this, man. This is exciting. It's exciting. Have a new season, you know, restart. And bringing that momentum yep. from non-conference. Yeah, this is it's it, it starts now. I mean, it's you hear it's it's an old, the new season as you were talking about. I mean, that is what it is. Eleven and two, great start. Now it's the conference season. Let's go. Now there's there's Let's even go. more to play for now. Our Twitter question today: What was the biggest BYU sports story of 2017 at Laser Sheep? Football woes, whether it's the record, coaching changes, injuries, or recruits decommitting, there is nothing that is talked about more. Football is king. Mm, who's queen, then? <laughs> I forgot about that. Forgot. <laughs> who's queen? I should, have, I should have known that was coming. Yeah. So mm-hmm. here are a couple of other things. We've obviously had a lot, of, a lot of tweets coming in, with, and a lot of them, as we talked about and referenced in that tweet, a lot of them have focused on football. But there are a lot of other stories to look back in 2017, one of them is Cougars in the NFL, and hopefully this is a trend for the future, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Five players from last year's BYU football team have played this season in the NFL. So we're talking about Jamal Williams, Taysom Hill, Kainakua, Michael Davis, and Harvey Longy. Yes. Plus, plus, obviously, the vets that are already there. Yeah, you count, you count the vets as well. But My I mean, guy Daniel Sorensen, future Super Bowl champion, Kansas City yep, Chiefs. Had yep, to throw it in there. Holler. Um, I mean, when you look at guys like Danny or, you know, other free agents um, that have kind of made their way, or even Kyle Van Noy, right, I mean, getting drafted, um, still taking a little bit of time to make an impact and actually get that playing time. Um, and for these guys to do that, you know, right away, I mean, that, that says something. You know, that says something for the programs, obviously for those guys and how hard they work. 
But um, that's what we want to start seeing, man. We want to start seeing that pipeline. But it doesn't matter to just make it. Like, yep. You have to stick there, and you have to play and make an impact on the team. Well, and Jamal Williams is doing that. Yep. Um, we, we see him, and he's basically it's a one-two uh, combination with, with Jamal at running back for the yep. Packers. Taysom Hill is going to be a great story. He already has been. We know he's third-string quarterback. He's taken special teams reps, and we've seen the highlights of those. Yep. He actually took reps as a wide receiver this week. See, best player in the world, man. That's the best player in the world. They just here. Just they just, Sean Payton just wants to get Taysom Hill the ball some way. Of course, man. Of course. That's what you're going to do. Also, you've got the the success of the men's and women's cross country. Uh, yeah. Kyle Collinsworth making the NBA. We had somebody reference that earlier in the show with one of their tweets. Who yeah. signed a two way contract with the Dallas Mavericks, able to get some minutes. Um, Eric Mika goes pro. Yep. Doesn't get drafted, and I don't know what was the bigger – the bigger story was him going pro, um, but then secondary to that was that he doesn't get drafted in the NBA. Ends up going to Italy, where, by all accounts, doing very, very well. You've got men's volleyball falling in the championship game. They lose to Ohio State. I mean, there are so many things The biggest in one 2017. was earlier with Cosmo. Yeah, Cosmo Cosmo, Anson. man. Yeah. Cosmo. That's, that's got to be mine now. Like well, I, I want to switch. I want to switch it. That, is that the most pub BYU's had this that, year? What? Yeah, <laughs> that went viral, man. Good Morning like, America, wasn't like, it? I had so many of, of my friends and family back home, you know, hit me up on on social media, like, "Look, your school! Look at your school! Oh my gosh! I didn't know! I didn't know your! I didn't know the white boys could dance like that. <laughs> is, he, is he? Is Cosmo really black? And I'm like, no, that's a white guy. I know him. But I'm, that's how big it was, man. I had people from like sixth grade hitting me up talking about this here's the deal i love cosmo i that that can't be the biggest story that is the, that's the maybe. biggest story maybe that's the biggest story do you think any okay from us not no, no people that are inside the programming community no but outside yeah do you think anybody cares about BYU football outside except for utah no <laughs> does anybody care about cosmo yes they love Cosmo. What was the biggest BYU sports story of 2017? That is our Twitter question. Uh, this tweet coming in from at Old School BYU. You don't appreciate the good until you have experienced the bad. <laughs> How about this one? This tweet is very dear to my heart. At R7 Bear, Jason Shep getting the full-time gig. Hey. Thank you. That is only the biggest story to me and my family, but I appreciate it. And, and our seven bear. Man, I, I like it because now you get to buy me lunch. Coming up, Jordan Leslie signs with another NFL team. Plus, Jimmer gets more buckets. It's what Jimmer does in China. The man knows how to score. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com. For help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guests, Greg Rubel and Tim Lacombe. If you missed any of today's show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Sit back and enjoy what's coming up next. Watch us whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. I'm loving the energy. BYU men's basketball head coach Dave Rose announces the transfer of Kajon Brown and the addition of Colby Lee. Lee is a 6'9 forward who was named the 2017 Idaho Player of the Year. Lee is enrolled in school and is eligible to play immediately. But if you uh, were listening to our interview with Tim Lacombe, the idea is to have him practice this year and be ready to go next season. Also, men's hoops concluded its non-conference schedule at 11-2. The Cougars begin WCC play tomorrow and they host Portland at the Marriott Center. Watch the game on BYU TV. Listen on BYU Radio. 9 p.m. Eastern time, radio pregame at 8 Eastern. Jimmer! 
Jimmer Fredette finished with 31 points in a 118-114 to 114 loss on December 24th to the Gangzhou Lions. Cougars overseas. Eric Mika had nine points and seven rebounds in a loss yesterday to V.L. Pissarro. Jen Hampson, I don't know if that's correct. <laughs> Jen Hampson had 19 points, nine rebounds, and two blocks in a Sydney Flames win on Saturday. And Kalani Purcell had two points and 11 rebounds in a Melbourne loss yesterday. Women's basketball. Women's basketball wins its season finale against Montana State, 75-54. to The Cougars head up to Portland Thursday to begin WCC play. Cougars in the NFL. Former BYU wide receiver Jordan Leslie announces via Twitter and has confirmed to BYU Sports Nation that he has signed with the Denver Broncos on their practice squad. Leslie was previously on the Browns roster this season. Details on the contract coming a little bit later on throughout the day. Also, Ziggy Ansah had three sacks for Detroit on Sunday against the Cincinnati Bengals. He now has nine sacks this season and 41 for his career, most by any Lions player in his first five seasons. Also, Kainakua started his second career game at safety against the Chicago Bears and recorded two tackles. Taysom Hill took a snap at wide receiver this weekend for the Saints. Jamal Williams, 15 carries, 58 yards in the Packers loss. And Daniel Sorensen, four tackles and a pass deflection in a win over the Dolphins. You made it! Volleyball. (laughs) BYU Volleyball has two players named to preseason award watch list. Setter Leo Durkin makes the Lloyd Ball Award watch list, which is given to the nation's top setter, and Brendan Sander makes the Karch Karai award watch list, which is given to the nation's best outside hitter. Today's Rise and Shout is brought to you by Dexter and Dexter, help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. How about this? Let's give our Rise and Shout to Jordan Leslie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Making it back into the National Football League, as we just mentioned. Uh, and we've confirmed here to BYU Sports Nation, Jordan Leslie signing the practice squad with. The Denver Broncos. Never give up hope, man. Twitter question. What was the biggest BYU sports story of 2017? Our elite tweet of the day comes from at BYU Browards. The good BYU's win at number one and unbeaten Gonzaga. Always good to win in Spokane. The bad missing the NCAA tournament and losing in the first round of the NIT. Big at home. Uh, the ugly football. Don't need to say anymore. <laughs> true. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. The show is on demand on BYUSN.com. Audio podcast is on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Brian, I'm Jason. Shout out to Gary Trost, BYU Sports Nation. Back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern.